Welcome to the Mental Mile. I'm Charisty. I'm Christy. And we are moms, friends, and therapists. Christy! Charisty! <laughs> Welcome back! How was, how was your break? You know what, Charisty? My break was actually very lovely. It's been such an intense time. So we're recording um, mid-January. So politically, as you can imagine, there's been a lot happening the first couple of weeks. But rewinding my mind to um, the time I had off of work because I work in a school. I have a couple of weeks off before the new year. Um, it was actually a very restorative time. We made the decision based on our risk tolerance to um, get the grandparents and all of us COVID tested. So that's what made us feel comfortable being together. Um, we got breaks. We had a couple, the kids went to a couple overnights and um, it was just really, really lovely. It's been a long time since that kind of, um, you know, regular support and time around family has happened. So actually for us, it was, it was really awesome. What about yeah, you? That's fantastic. I love that. Ours was very laid back. We did a lot of hiking. We try to kind of, we, we keep kind of like a document so that when we hit the Christmas break, we can reflect on like what things we want to continue as traditions. So we have like a lot of traditions <clears throat> leading up to Christmas, especially, but even like the week of Christmas. So um, we do a talent show, like me, my kids and my husband, we do a talent show on Christmas Eve every year. And um, this year we ended up doing three talent shows, <laughs> one over Zoom with my family, one over Zoom with my husband's family, and then one just as us. Aww. And um, that was really fun. But because we did so many talent shows, I, I was like, we should maybe do another like new tradition. And um, so I was like, we, we've been walking over to, we live in walking distance of a high school track. So on Christmas Eve, I said, let's go have the Nelson family um, track and field games. And so then my husband's like, okay. So we set up a whole bunch of games or, or like, you know, track and field events. And whoever won um, certain events got to choose who, who got to open a present first on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And the other one, the other winner of whatever got to choose who performed first in the, our like little uh, talent show that evening. So it was so fun. We did like a race around the track. We did hula hoops. We did jump rope. We did um, the long jump. I think that was everything that we did right there. But it, those four events were really fun. And it's super, super cute seeing um, a two-year-old doing the long <laughs> jump and trying to do a hoop. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of, your toddler, your little guy. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. So I that was a new tradition for us. And I hope that we do it next year. Um, but would not have come, I wouldn't have uh, offered that up as a tradition if it hadn't been for all of the Zoom talent shows. <laughs> yes. Well, it was so fun because you posted that on our Instagram and it's just great to get all these different ideas from people and see what different, um, what different families do. So I love that. We're on our hiatus in between seasons, part of recharging, but I mean, it's Susie reading. So we've been excited and talking about this for a long time. Um, and I think, you know, it, it really is nice because it can help us sort of mark for us the beginning of the year of 2021. And um, we got an opportunity to sit down with her and sort of talk about reflections and new years and intentions and goals. Um, 
but I think both of us were very excited. So we're just excited to chat today about how it went talking with her on Instagram. And we're going to share some clips and some of our thoughts and what we were thinking, because I mean, to me, we were having, you know, an Instagram live with a psychological celebrity, Chirsty, you know? Yes. I was most nervous to do this live out of all the ones that I've done. Excited, but I was nervous too. Yeah. Um, I was more nervous for interviewing her than anyone that we've interviewed. And part of it was that we were doing it on Instagram live, which was um, a little bit more foreign to me because I have only done one other one with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, also the piece about her being like, kind of like this person that I personally look up to, you know, as um, both as like just an individual, she's a very warm, caring, empathic individual. And that comes across in all of her work and her presence online. But then also she's like so good at what she does. You know, I have purchased every single one of her books that's available in the US. You know, she's got yes. a new one that's come out that I haven't been able to buy yet. And I use them. I use them for myself. I use them with my family and I use them with my clients. So um, yeah, I was very nervous to talk to her. So yes. um, we have the recording from our conversation with Susie on um, Instagram Live, which took place on was what what was it January 9th was that the day that we yeah I remember it January 9th mm -hmm. and um so we're gonna share a few clips so I'm just gonna share like my embarrassing introduction let's just say me and you um me and you have been doing the podcast um like we get on the computer and we see each other online we have we're yeah. ours in person but this was the first time we've met in person and that's because of coronavirus right so me and you have our masks on. We're set up six feet apart from each other. It's, yes. Please, everybody um, that has not seen it, go to um, our Instagram, The Mental Mile, and look up the actual interview so you can watch the whole thing. And you'll see how Christy and I look so fashionable in our, in our masks and how we're spread apart. It's, it's um, pretty cool. Hi, guys. Magic. Magic. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm gonna take my mask off. We wanted we wanted people to really see that we were social distancing. Um, how are you doing, Suze? I'm all right. I feel I'm like we're already friends. I'm like, oh, you Suze. We are, darling. We are kindred spirits. <laughs> all right, there it is. There it is, Charity. There it is. What were you thinking? <laughs> well, it was funny because I just I hadn't thought about. Um, exactly how I would say hello to her so it was like really just my natural like greeting but I had never met her <laughs> hey Sus. the moment I said it I caught myself and then I interrupt her as she's saying hello <laughs> you did I didn't even notice that uh, so that's how we got off to our first start <laughs> but you know what? She handled it with so much grace. And I liked how she was like, we're Kendra's spirit. We're friends already. And it well, shows her warmth. It does. And I, I think if you look at her um, Instagram captions, because I feel like that's where you can really hear her voice um, mm -hmm. and her writing of her captions. She does talk a lot about kindred spirits, friendship, community, hugs. Um, and she signs off as Suze. And I think you know, we're, but we're in this strange world of being isolated and meeting these people. Um, and you start to build a connection in a community with them. And then you step back and you're like, we've never met each other. It's a very bizarre experience. Um, but 
yes, I feel like she's been so supportive of us, right. you know, through Instagram and she reached out to us to do that. I think I shared, we had talked behind the scenes about what a goal that would be, but that we, at least me, I was too nervous to ask her. So right. she's been really warm to us. And I think you sort of matched that back, but I get it. I get why you would have thought, oh my goodness, I thought both of you handled it well, because if you were feeling that embarrassment, you didn't see it and you just rolled with it too. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say. <laughs> um, I think that it's, it's strange to form relationships in an online setting, because in one regard, I did feel a bit like I do know her, but then there's this cognitive piece of you that's like, but I don't know her, right? I've never actually right. met her, but I see her online. I've heard her voice. Um, I, I see her thoughts written out, you know, about mental health stuff all the time. And it gives you a sense of like, oh, I do know this person. And then in the moment you're like, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, this is my first time meeting her. <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's strange, but actually when you think about it, I think there must be a lot of relationships that modern day now start out somewhat similar. Um, in that you think you know someone when you've been seeing their online presence so much. Yes. And I think there's such a push to brand ourselves, right? Even as individuals, that's sort of the culture we're in and you can decide what you want to do with that, right? That's up to yeah. us. But I think um, when cause she has her Monday, what does she call the Monday micro? Mindful, mi mindful micro Monday, micro mon mindful Monday, something like that. And she does these great Instagram lives, which I really point um, clients to and a point out as a resource, because I think right now we're so flooded. It's yeah. usually 15 minutes and it has five great tips in it. But I think that's the thing that makes me feel like I know her, right? Yeah. Because she's on your phone talking to you, but really she's talking to 24,000 people and, and you're not there and you haven't met her. But I think when you have that video visual and, um, you know, as therapists, we put our personality into our work, right? So we could each talk right. about the same five tips, but you're going to get a different feeling based on who's sharing that. Um, so I think that for me, um, makes me feel like I know her too. Yeah. Cause I watch a lot of hers. Yeah. So I chose to start the conversation with something that I was worried would be like, not very polite. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, the personal pet peeve of mine is how therapists in the last few years are constantly posting in, on Instagram and other online forums um, about like New Year's resolutions are toxic and um, you know like there's no re re reason that you should try to change, um, etc. And I find that to be pretty hypocritical um, because the rest of the year we're like try you know try changing your habits in you know one two three steps and you know um, here's how you can be happier and I don't know we just have like all this advice around like technically goals right <laughs> how you right. can change yourself how you can change your life improve your lifestyle etc and then the only time of the year that we're like don't do that it's toxic is new year's and um, i personally have like um uh, uh i love new year's resolutions i've always done them since i was a child and i have a really high success rate of having accomplished them and yeah. so it's always rubbed me wrong for personal reasons, and then also kind of from this per professional perspective. And so I tried to put it in a very nice way because, um, you know, you don't want to come off rude to see the reading. Um, I'm just wondering what you think about that as, as a trend on social media and how it's impacting, you know, everyday people. 
Yeah, I, I think that trend was um, even more prevalent this year. There was a real chorus of voices. And I have to admit, mine, mine in there as well saying, now is not the time for grand sweeping change. And it really right. isn't. Right. Um, but let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. There is a natural inclination at this time of year for us to want to stay, take stock and to reflect and to think mindfully about how we want our next year to unfold. So let's harness that. But what's really important is that we harness that in a healthy, constructive way that supports us in the midst of these extreme set of variables. Yeah, I was listening to your um, mindful, mindful um, this last Monday's, and um, you talked about it being kind of like a pendulum swing that, you know, in yeah. the month of December, you know, people kind of are a little bit more laxed about um, all these, you know, like nutrition and, and how much they're moving. And they're just, you know, a little more laxed about it. And then given the current circumstances in the world, you know, maybe even more so this year, and plus the added stress. Um, but that it's really natural in January to have that swing back of like, oh, I, I need to correct. I need to do something to get back to a centered place. And so I think it's actually a wonderful time to be making New Year's resolutions or goals. So I love that you brought this up, Chirstein. We actually spoke about this before because, again, this was very important to us. Um, and I think part of what is maybe rubbing you the wrong way and what we wanted to talk about in season two and just have a whole episode is, you know, there is a disconnect in terms of what we can communicate as therapists on a social media platform. And so I think things get simplified. And um, as we talked about, you know, the goal could be to have more acceptance and to be kinder to yourself. And there's concrete steps that you can take to do that. And that's not about creating a new fancy exercise routine or things like that. Um, but there's still work to be done, even if you're working to um, accept yourself more or to be more patient with yourself. Um, there's still goals and things that we do as therapists to support people in that process. And we're sort of gauging that benefit of accepting ourselves and what kind of change do you want to put some effort towards. Um, and then I think the other piece are, the, it's the trend piece that we talked about is that we do sort of all follow each other as mental health providers and see what people are doing. And then these sort of trends pop up. And then at some point it can be a little, um, frustrating and you sort of question the trend. Um, so I thought she handled it well. And I thought you brought up a really good point that it's just more complex than never set a goal that it's toxic. Um, and I loved what she talked about in terms of as we go on, and we'll talk about this more, different ways you can sort of meet that need, right? It could be a really specific goal setting. It could be a loose intention, um, just taking a little time to reflect. And what I think is great is that if you're just not really feeling New Year's resolutions, that's fine. You don't have to. But I think we don't want to put our voice out there that you can't have it or that it's wrong or bad. It really is right. up to the client. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I think you're exactly right in that it's really difficult to communicate the nuance of all of this when you're using a social media platform where you're, where you're communicating things just through images or through short sentences. Um, and, and really that's why it's great to connect um, in this forum where you can actually have the discussion because um, it, it is a worthwhile thing to challenge and to clarify that it's okay to want to pursue worthwhile change. Um, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you if you don't want to. There's nothing wrong with you if you do want to. Um, but 
not getting caught up in the trend of like, oh, it's toxic. The yes. language that a lot of people use. Yes, that is a, I mean, toxic relationships, that's really popular online. It's a, that's a, a popular mental health word. Yes. And I think maybe that's what we're reacting to as well. Once you see it so many times, there's a little bit like, ah, you know, we're seeing that again, you know, it's everywhere. And what does that really mean? And, um, right. and there is a limit to what you can communicate. You right. Know? Yeah. You kind of bristle at it. Um, I, and I have to honestly, for the last couple of years, I haven't wanted to share with people that I was doing New Year's resolutions because I didn't want people to be like, you're a therapist and you're doing a New Year's resolution. Are you toxic? You know? <laughs> right. there's, there's some pressure there. And I think for me, I saw a lot of really lovely posts around um, for the New Year's, do this, not this. And that actually comes from Canva templates, right? Which is where most of us design a lot of our stuff. And then you can sort of right. piece in different things. I actually liked a quite a few of the messages in there. But I thought, hey, a lot of other people are doing that. So I don't need to add my voice in there. It's out there right now. Right. Um, and like I said, if this kind of reflection and goal setting is going to be a trigger for you around shaming yourself and you're not, that's not the best way, by all means, don't do that. But I think for me, what I like, I, um, I reflect on my goals every year and I have a journal and I write it in the same place and they're goals for the year. So I don't, it's like, if I accomplish them, great. If I don't, we're just setting intentions and looking at where we're going. Right. But I think we focus so much on these smart, tangible goals that are short-term so that we can feel some success. Mm -hmm. For me, I also like to take a step back and then big picture say, hey, with all these strategies I'm putting in place, am I moving in general the direction I want to go? And I think for me, it's really helpful to check in every year to see how I'm doing, to have the small detail-oriented what's in front of me right now, but then also sometimes build in time to take a step back and look at the big picture. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I find that works for me. Yeah, I love it. So would you like to hear the five, the five tips that she then gives? Um, I think that's coming up next. Should we go for that? Yes, I loved them, Tiracy. I can't okay. wait to hear them again. But um, how, we've been talking about your vitality, Will, um, and just wondering like, what, how do you help people in the new year or what would your advice be in like, how to approach setting a goal if you're a person that's wanting to set a goal in the new year. Okay. Well, this is where we get to draw on research and positive psychology. So this is, there's nothing fluffy about uh, these theories or these approaches. It is anchored in research and research in positive psychology, which is essentially uh, the building blocks to well-being or what a well-lived life looks like. There are five core uh, characteristics of goals that boost our well-being or boost not just our well-being but our sense of confidence right and those five characteristics of goals that really motivate us are they need to be intrinsic right they need right. to be anchored in what we find personally rewarding so a goal that someone else chooses for us that would be an extrinsic goal that does not sufficiently motivate us. So one, intrinsic. Um, secondly, it needs to be authentic. It's got to be deeply rooted in your values. It's got to be anchored in your strengths. It's got to be something that is genuinely important to you. Yeah. And then thirdly, it's not enough to know what you want to achieve and why you want to achieve it. You've got to frame it in a way that is constructive and positive. So it comes down to the language that we use. So we want to frame it positively so that our goal 
is about approaching something or becoming something or doing more of something rather than trying to avoid or minimize something. So an example there is if as a family we set a goal to fight less, well, the word fight in a goal literally primes our brain to fight. Or if I say to myself, I want to drink less alcohol, I'm going to be thinking about alcohol. So the goal needs to be framed in a way that gets us focused on what we want to achieve, right? So approach goals rather than avoid. And then the last two characteristics of um, effective goals, and this is all in self-care revolution, our goals need to be harmonious because how often do we find ourselves feeling conflicted and frustrated when our goals are in conflict with each other or in a family unit or in partnership with others, our goals are in competition, right? So we need to make sure that our goals are harmonious. Right. And the last characteristic of effective goal setting is making sure that our goals are realistic and flexible. There needs to be a fluidity. There's no point in saying to ourselves, this is it, it's gotta be this shape by this time without taking into consideration that life is ever changing and we need to give ourselves permission to you know, let some goals fall by the wayside or ask for an extension or say to ourselves, do you know what, given the variables, I can't achieve the same perfection in this piece of work when I'm homeschooling my kids. I'm gonna have to, there has to be some room for wiggle. Okay, so that's in a, in a nutshell, goal setting. I think at this time of year, there are some other things that we need to factor in too, because yeah. energetically, we, we haven't had the rebirth of spring yet. That's coming. So I think we're still in hibernation mode. I think our, our goals also need to reflect that this is still a pretty tough time of year um, seasonally, but added to that, the global pandemic, and my goodness, can we please just pace ourselves? So let's talk now a little bit about the time that you spent um, talking with Susie. Um, what piece of, I know you, you talked with her about quite a few different topics. Um, which topic um, do you want to start with or what, what really stood out to you? Yeah, I think um, I want to talk a little bit about the vitality wheel because she's going to share about that. And that was a big way we sort of framed our conversation with her for the week. Um, and then I also really loved, you know, just talking about loose intentions versus specific goal setting and really checking in with yourself to see what you're drawn towards more. I did a poll later in the day on parent self-care and it was pretty even, but more people chose setting loose intentions. So mm -hmm. I just thought that was interesting. And I thought, well, there, there goes Susie, just, you know, having her pulse on things. Yeah, um, and so I just, it made it feel important, right? It made your loose intentions feel important. And I think that goes to just her supportive sort of encouraging way that she connects with people. Um, but yes, we framed this with a vitality wheel. We, you can look on our Instagram, there's eight different categories. I like the word vitality, even compared to wellness wheel. We talked a lot about the language and mm -hmm. I just feel like her natural vocabulary just makes you feel activated versus passive. And mm -hmm. I, you know, like, oh, I can be, I can have vitality if I do this which I don't know, maybe I've just heard wellness too much, but that was really exciting for me. Um, and so we talked a little bit about the benefits of writing that out and drawing it versus more formal type of worksheet, but um, we can hear a little bit about what she says. Yeah, okay, I'll start with her piece when she starts talking about the vitality wheel, but let me just say really quickly, like this difference between wellness and vitality, this is literally striking me in the moment. I have not looked up any research about this, 
But I do know like the word wellness, as we talked about, I think in our second episode of the first season, um, the mental mile, it has like such a history of, of like not being very well-defined and that even current day, it's like the word still is kind of ambiguous and people are still trying to define what it means. And it's kind of a catch-all, but the word vitality literally means like life, life-giving, living, right? Yes. And so, um, yeah, I think you're right. She is really good at capturing language that is motivating and inspiring and just switching from the word wellness to vitality. So glad you pointed that out. All right. So here's Susie talking about the vitality wheel. So I love that you did the, the visual on your uh, feed with how you would actually just write out the vitality. <gasps> I've got wheel. it here. Look. Yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you... Um, use that with clients. I know from, I'm a school-based mental therapist and we have a training program and I was, um, so we have to provide a certain amount of training for our associates. And I got really excited thinking about how I wanted to update my self-care training for them. So we're going to do the vitality wheel together and that that's my plan. But I just wondered if you could share a little bit about how you use that with people. Fantastic. Well, from my perspective, um, a framework just helps us plan and organize. And the reason why I created the Vitality Wheel is that from my own experience, even as a psychologist, yoga teacher, personal trainer, health coach, when I'm feeling squeezed, it's hard to put your finger on something that's yeah. going to help, right? I think it's just the nature of being human. So instead of holding all of that knowledge in your head, get it down, mind map it. And instead of having a hundred different things floating around, having some kind of framework set of categories to organize it so that you can think to yourself, okay, so what is accessible to me right now? What feels resonant? Okay, something restful or something that's going to help me cope or something that's going to give me focus or can I draw on nature or do I need a hug, right? And the vitality wheel will help just, it will help you connect with something nourishing in the moment, right? So that's where it comes from. It's to connect people with something nourishing that will help them cope in the moment. But it's also about making it bespoke because self-care isn't a one-size-fits-all thing, is it? You know, yeah. different things resonate for different people, but it's even more complex than that in that what you find resonant in one moment might not be the thing that you need in the next. So having it mapped out, knowing that there's a lot of choice um, and, and this is the thing that just gives me focus with clients. So sometimes people don't know where they want to start. They know that they want to create some kind of change or they're feeling flat or they want to, you know, reclaim their mojo. So we look at the wheel and it gives us a sense of, okay, it, it reminds us, well, these are the building blocks to us feeling good. Um, it can help pinpoint where to start. Yeah, where there's yeah. a sense of least resistance or where people feel most excited. And it just right. gives a shape and focus. Do you find that it's less intimidating for clients too in terms of goal setting? Because a lot of times we might just have people jot things down or put it on their smartphone. Um, I think putting it in that way, it, at least to me, I am more visual, but it feels less intimidating than writing out a smart goal. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think it's, do you know what? I think it just gets well-being on the radar in yeah. a really accessible way you know the fact is people can take the vitality wheel um to their kids and we can say okay what are, what are the different ways that we can move our bodies 
Right. What are the different ways that we like to have it, have some fun together? Yeah. And you can map it out and it just, it just feels very lighthearted and very doable. And from yeah. my perspective, it also makes therapy feel a lot less intimidating. We're just mm -hmm. looking at healthy habits, right. how we can nourish ourselves. And this is stuff that we're all doing. It's not that, you know, there's anything wrong. We don't have to um, pathologize situations or conditions or you're just having a normal response to life. It's tough right, right now. Your mood might be lower than normal because, you know, we're being squeezed. But these are the things that we can do that will help us cope in the moment, that will help us restore and heal and boost our resilience in the Susie, I, I know. Mean, come on. I, I think the thing that we love about her is that she has this amazing balance of empathy and compassion and encouragement coupled with the accountability and the framework and the research. And she doesn't make goal setting feel boring or stiff or as if it's put upon you. And I think as we were just talking about vitality, it's the same thing I really heard you two talking about moving physically mm -hmm. and then how that literally changes the therapy. The wheel is the same thing. Instead of a worksheet, which is the list of eight things, it's a wheel. It literally connotes the image of movement. Um, so I just love that. Um, that she's created this framework and, and a way to be intentional and plan that feels doable. Right, right. Yeah. So you'll be happy to know that um, the very next client I saw after doing this interview, we did the Vitality Wheel. How did it go? <laughs> it went very good. Mm -hmm, and now, mm -hmm. I have, I, now I have like um, um, a whole like, list in this in the circular form of like our go-tos for like um her and i this client this particular client and i are trying to find coping strategies for the specific stuff that's going on for her and now i have all these different categories that are intrinsically coming from her that mm -hmm. we can just grab as we need and we just have this beautiful image that we can hang up on her wall pull out during session etc and so yeah it's I thought it was a really useful um, exercise for figuring out um, our go-tos when we are needing quick self-care and also aligning that with our values gives you that overarching vision. Yes, just grounding you, coming back to something you did when you were in a moment of calm and you were able to reflect. And I love that. I think, you know, the other thing with her is as, you know, we are I'm a therapist, I'm not a researcher, I'm not a PhD. You know, I'm really interested in how this works in the moment with people. And so I shared with her and um, you know that I've taken little things here and there to do trainings for adults around parent wellness, but also for kids. And that, you know, you want things that are practical that you can plug in right away and that people can remember. And so I find value in that too, that it's not just a pretty Instagram account. Um, it's been practical and useful for me and for clients. And I, I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, let's underscore the practical piece. I think not only does she frame things in ways that make you feel motivated and inspired, but she keeps it practical and real world relevant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, the most we can ask for. It's a really individual thing, isn't it? It is individual. And I think, um, I do really like your language. I was telling Charity, like vitality wheel or zest, like these are the kinds of words like you were talking about that sort of excite our brain and make us feel um, activated, I think, right? And mm -hmm. I think that ties into how you're saying that we frame our goals instead of, I wanna fight less as a family, maybe it's, 
um, I want to create more opportunity for adventure and connection. And so you're still going for the same thing, but you're really being mindful of the language. Um, so I love those words, vitality and zest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there anything, um, you know, I think I wanted to share in terms of like how I set my goals for the new year and new year's resolutions. I saw something that I really liked. I think it was from creative minds therapy. And she talked about, you could set an, a new year's resolution or a, a resolution for the year, for the month, for the week. And I really loved that because I think um, that gets to what we were talking about of it's not um, bad to want to set goals for yourself or to want to work towards self-improvement, but just doing it in a way that's going to set you up for success. And for some people, New Year's resolutions work really well. And for others, it might be easier to break it down into smaller seasons that feel a little bit more manageable. So I really liked that as well. I like that too. And I, and I think sometimes it comes down to the language that we use, right? So if people don't like setting New Year's resolutions or if goal setting feels a little bit too big and scary. Well, well, let's just give ourselves some shape. Let's look at some loose intentions. Let's look at even just some simple prompts like what matters to you? What feels important to you right now? Yeah. yeah? Or, or, or taking the values in action character strength survey and looking at well, what are your values? Yeah. And, and, and just reflecting on how could you bring those to, to daily life? And it doesn't have to be something that this is what we're going to, you know, it doesn't have to be a word for the year. It could be every morning when you wake up, think about one quality that you want to set into motion in your day. What's important to you? Or in the midst of challenging moments as a family, you can call out a value and say, what's important to us in this moment? Can, can we find some kindness? Can we find some generosity? Can we tap into the, to the quality of forgiveness? And, yeah. and, this is goal setting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to feel so big. It can be yeah. a matter of acknowledging that we have a choice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot with this year or this past year has felt like we haven't had a choice in many ways. Um, so those, those things that we can carve out for ourselves where we feel like we have some choice, I think feels really good. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the perfect place for us to wrap up. Yeah. Um, I just love, um, you know, again, she's so specific on her language and I think it, it gives people freedom to, you know, choose your own path, choose your own adventure and what works for you. Yes. I love it. She says, you know, give ourselves some shape, you know, like that's, that's the, um, advice on like how to kind of start a loose intention. Give yourself some shape. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So you're not floating out there. Yeah. And so, and then she said, what matters to you? How can you bring this to your daily life? Um, you know, these are the kinds of questions. Um, I think in general, I, I always like to use intentions as part of like a mindfulness practice. And this is kind of like, it's a little bit different than like a mindfulness practice where you're setting an intention for this very present moment experience. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just setting an intention for, you know, a bit longer period of time. So mm -hmm. it's a day, a week, a year. Um, but the concept I think is really similar of, of, you know, we are kind of shifting our attitude in a direction so that the experiences that then present themselves to us are experienced through a new lens. Um, you know, it's kind of the difference between, um, looking at the world through rose colored glasses and not rose colored glasses. Yes. Yes, <laughs> Absolutely.
Absolutely. And I think, you know, however you do it, I have friends that picked a word for a year. I have friends who did vision boards. Um, you know, I'm going to be using the vitality wheel, you know, whatever. And maybe it's just something you reflect on, you know, in your mind, you know, it doesn't, it's whatever is going to work for you. Right. Right. So Susie. Thank you. Susie. Thanks, Suze. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks, Suze. Um, I'll just share a little bit like my experience interviewing with her. Um, you know, I, it sort of turned into more of an interview. I wasn't quite sure what it would be. We had talked about it maybe being more casual. Um, and I think I got a little nervous at times. And it, it, to me, I was having more of a a secondary process and commentary internally than in other situations where I'm much more just like totally focused, connected, then I respond to you based on what happens. But still, there was so much, I think, information and value that came out of it. And it was great, just as you said, we don't know her. So that's just our first step of, you know, having a conversation with her. And so that's not always going to be seamless. Um, but I also thought wrapping this up, it is a celebration for us of our podcast for the first season. Yeah. I thought, you know, we talked to, and, and if you want to hear more about celebrating your wins, you can hop over to our Instagram to hear the whole interview. Yes, we're open. We're grateful. Um, we're wishing everybody whatever they need for this new year as they sort of reflect and take stock and, um, you know, being in community together the best we can. And we will be back in February probably mid to late February, starting with our second season. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to leave us a review and subscribe. That really helps us with the podcast and share it on social media with your friends. And if you want to find out more and follow us, you can go to The Mental Mile on Instagram. And check our show notes if you want to um, check out our books. Self-Care 101 for Busy Parents, which is an ebook by Christy, and Running for Mental Health, a How-To Guide by Chersty. Take care, everybody.